0: The Bears are now four and eight and headed towards their first losing season since 2017, and first in Matt Nagy's career as head coach of the Chicago Bears. However you look at it, the clock is ticking on Nagy's time with the Bears. But should Ryan Pace join him in the unemployment line? Do the Bears' building block players concern you? And how bad of a whipping Do you think the Bears will suffer through on Sunday night football against the Green Bay Packers? Those are three of the 10 questions I've got for our two debaters. This is the Bear Debate, and it starts right now. Is Aldo Gandia and it is Packer Week. And normally we'd be super excited about it, but I think a lot of the Chicago Bears fans are kind of terrified at what might happen on Sunday night football. Let's bring in our debaters and get a taste for what they've got planned for us in terms of their opinion. Let me bring in John Buffon first. John, how are you? (laughs) I hear you, brother. yeah it's hacker
1: oh, week great
0: <laughs> oh a, a picture says a thousand words and for those of you listening on the audio podcast <laughs> Uh, John had his face buried into his hands as soon as he appeared on screen.
1: <laughs> it's going to be a long-ass week. Let me
2: tell you that.
0: Uh, Well, let's see what uh, Tyler Ellis looks like. <laughs> Tyler, look at him. He's cool, calm, collected. Mr. Oh. Hope. He's gonna, I'm sure <laughs> he's going to predict the Bears' upset, <laughs> right? Gosh,
3: there, there, was there, there was a time.
1: There was a time. They stole it
3: from him. The Bears yeah. have ripped him of his pocket. Positivity. you know how hard that is? Yeah. Can't, I, can't, I can't keep lying. I can't lie to myself.
0: I've known Tyler for five years. He's never, <laughs> he never has displayed an ounce of pessimism. And now it, <laughs> our gates are open.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm here to debate. I'm here to, I'm going to debate John as much as possible.
0: I'm going to try. It's hard.
1: It's hard. Whenever there's not much to debate about this team.
0: Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Well, why don't we get started right away? Uh, well, this is, of course, 10 rounds of uh, debate action between those two gentlemen, Tyler Ellis and John Buffone, And let's begin with round number one. The Bears' loss to the Cardinals Sunday was, while expected, was unsettling for a number of reasons. One of the biggest reasons has to be the disappointing performances by building block players like Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. Plus, Jalen Johnson gave up a touchdown catch on a fourth down and two. Which of these three building block players worries you the most? Tyler, we'll start with you.
3: Honestly, I gotta say, I gotta say, Jalen Johnson, just because he's, he's such in a critical position. Not putting one over the other, but when you talk about the number one DB, not only is he getting scored on, although we also saw him leave the game. I'm not sure if he came back after he absorbed that hit from um from james Conner, and so i would just say jaden johnson because of the position that he's in we're already thin that cornerback the talent drops off pretty deep after him and so if, if he's not right then we're in big trouble
1: I know most people would think that I would say Cole Komet, but I'm actually going to say Darnell Mooney. And look, I love Darnell Mooney. I think he's going to be an explosive weapon for years to come. But I'm concerned because as of right now, it's looking like the 2022 Bears Receiving core is going to be Darnell Mooney and... That's about it. So if the Bears don't re-sign Allen Robinson and they plan on going into next year with Mooney as their number one and they don't give him a strong counterpart, that is going to be an uphill task for not just Darnell Mooney but for Justin Fields who will be in his first full season as the Bears starter. I think I all disagree of with happened. you. I, 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 I
3: disagree with you. The answer is Jalen Johnson.
0: <laughs> Both of you guys make compelling uh, choices. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, uh, I, I'm surprised nobody said Cole Komet because he did have a very frustrating game after getting off to. Uh, a, a good start in that second series. They're matriculating the ball downfield. They've got a chance to tie the game and maybe change the tempo of the game. There's a ball that hits him straight in the gut. He drops it. And we've seen multiple games throughout his short career here where he has made some terrible turnovers. John, we know your your history against Cole Komet, but Tyler, let me ask you, how concerned are you about Cole Komet's future with the Chicago Bears?
3: Hope, I mean, I'm not. I, I feel felt like he's gonna get worked out with a with a new coach of staff. I still like the kid. Um the, between the drops, um I did like some of his blocks. I did like some of his um his blocks that he's done before on sweeps as a player. It's I mean, out of I give in now, then like it truly sucks. He's like John said, he's a second round pick. I don't I don't want to give up on Cole Komet. please yeah. turn it around. Yeah. I mean he he's more than, he, he's more than capable.
1: The attitude's there. The want to is there. I think Cole Komet's a good kid. I've never been... So against Cole commit that I don't think that he can be a contributor to this team. I've always been against using the second round pick on Cole Komet because of where the bears were at at that time. And what you see the top tight ends in the league and where they were drafted, like Kittle in the fifth round, Travis Kelsey in the third round, Mark Andrews in the third round, Waller in the sixth round, you can find the talent later in the draft. That's why I wasn't gung ho on getting Cole commit in the second round. Uh, but maybe it's just the expectations at this point where Tyler's saying Jalen Johnson because he needs to be that dominant shutdown guy for the Bears going forward, and Darnell Mooney without Allen Robinson needs to be the guy that steps up in the wide receiving core. I don't know what the expectations are for Cole Komet because the coaching staff has kind of bungled how they use him as far as I'm concerned.
3: John, and, and, John, and you make a good point on that. And, you, that, and that's exactly what's my point, bro, because nobody's expecting um, Cole Komet to be Travis Kelsey right now. Nobody's expecting Darnell Mooney to be um, um Calvin Johnson right now. We let go of Kyle Fuller because we believe in Jalen Johnson. Like, like all these decisions came into play. But John, is that another like struck against the um the organization? If those other teams are picking guys less like high-ranked, and we are picking high-ranked guys and we still can't get like the minimum results. And then we talked about players leaving the bears are going to be productive. So is that another thing of like another reason why this coaching staff shouldn't make any more roster decisions? Let's get somebody else and see what they can do with it.
1: Yeah, throw it on the pile because uh, in that same draft where George Kittle was taken in the fifth round, the Bears took Adam Shaheen in the second round. So that's all you, that's all you need to really know.
0: Exactly. And I think Chubbs is crazy. He says commit's mentality is not good. I mean, coming out and saying you're owned by Ann Rogers should get you released mentally, mentally defeated spreads like cancer. Listen, you coach up a guy. You don't say get hit, hit the streets. You know, that's a valuable asset that you have invested in. You, you, you coach him up and you get his mentality straight. You don't throw him out the door. You know, things don't work that way.
1: They would have had to cut the entire team because nobody said anything about it. <laughs> oh, that's
0: right. No, no one, no
1: one, no one shot back at him, so the whole they would they wouldn't be a team left.
0: <laughs> that is right. And John, what did you think of Tyler's uh pick of uh, Jalen Johnson? How can do you have any of those concerns that Tyler expressed regarding the uh another second round uh draft pick for the Chicago Bears? Jalen Johnson.
1: Uh, I'm less concerned about Jalen Johnson just because we've seen him perform. I've always been a little worried about his injury history and whether or not he's always going to be that full-time number one guy uh but um we've seen him be able to handle that load now you want to make sure it's as consistent as possible and you want to make sure things don't linger but he needs to be I'm concerned because he has to be that guy because look' well, look what's behind him <laughs> there he has absolutely has to be that guy because there's not a lot of depth in that position
0: yep all right gentlemen let's move on to around number two. On Monday's press conference, Matt Nagy reiterated that he has no intentions of starting Tevin Jenkins against the Green Bay Packers. His focus is on beating the Packers and not player development. Is this the right choice for Nagy and the Bears? John, it's yours.
1: See, what you need to do is break those two components up. Is this the right choice for the Chicago Bears, or is it the right choice for Matt Nagy? Uh, I've been beating this drum for months. Matt Nagy is going to do what he thinks is best for the 2021 Bears and only the 2021 Bears. He has to believe he's coaching for his job, or at least coaching for his next job, so he doesn't care about player development. He doesn't care about what's going to happen with the 2022 Bears, because you know what? He's not going to be around for the 2022 Chicago Bears.
3: I think we're being too hard on Matt Nagy. All right? I, 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 I just <laughs> like John, I I disagree with you, buddy. <laughs> I just I, I I I truly feel I truly feel like Matt Nagy's going to do his best. Okay? They've studied the they've studied the film and um he has Kevin Jenkins future best future insight. I think Matt Nagy is making the right a call here.
1: I, I don't know. I think that you it, it, it's the right call for him because who cares if Jimmy Graham's getting reps? Who cares if uh, if you're gonna put Andy Dalton in over Justin Fields? Who cares if you're gonna put in Jason Peters in front of Tevin Jenkins? I, who cares if you win one extra game? Like honest to God, they're gonna finish what seven and eleven or they're gonna finish maybe eight and nine best case scenario, but they're pro- they could they probably should lose double-digit games at the at the end of the year. Who cares if you rah-rah and get everyone real jazzed up, and then you're out the door anyway. Jason Peters, you're out the door anyway. Jimmy Graham, you're out the door anyway. Andy Dalton, you're out the door anyway. You're going to psych up those guys just so they can leave? I I don't buy it.
0: I um, I agree uh, in part here with what Chubbs is saying. He he says you should try to win every game, and that should be your focus. Otherwise, you're hurting the team going forward unless you're cutting everybody. So I, I think the point here that Nagy's trying to get across is that you got to go out there and put the best 11 out on the football field. And right now, Peters... Is substantially better than the left tackle Jenkins. Why not bring him along slowly? Given the fact that you've got a guy who has been playing very, very well at the left tackle position, and you're still—I know this is ridiculous to say—you're still mathematically in it.
1: Less than a percent.
0: (laughs) But I hear everybody. Uh,
1: But do you think that you think it's really going to help the morale if you go? Six and ten or six and uh whatever the hell it is now. Six and eleven. Yes, yeah, or rather than seven and twelve or what the why can't I count to seventeen today? <laughs> seven and ten or six and eleven. Do you think that's gonna make all the difference in your morale that like hey we got we won that extra game, guys?
0: Yeah, I, I think that the issue is, uh, and Tyler, jump in here. I think that the issue is just, let's just try to win Sunday's game. Let's not go out there and put a rookie left tackle who had no camp, who has had very few practices at all this season. Uh, so let's put in the veteran. Let's get by the Packers. And then after that, when we're mathematically out, then you put him wherever. You put him in that quarterback. Who the hell cares?
3: i okay. the fact of the matter is, it hurt me to say those last words. It hurt me. It, 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 just, it didn't feel genuine at all. It just felt disgusting. I felt dirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, it, it's hard. It's hard to defend. It's truly hard to defend. Um, we do want to see what guys got. I was excited about Jenkins. He's a he's a Mauler. His, his strength is phenomenal. But um, I'm 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 truly just done with the staff. I don't know if I want these guys developing them. They should get reps. But um, I, I just will say I I would be nervous if, if he was to get reheard again. That was this. That was a weird thing. His back when we got drafted, or something that wasn't really well known by the staff, and it was weird how that information came out. I don't want it to happen to him because he is our left tackle of the future. Mm-hmm. And so once again, catch twenty-two. But John, like John said, Matt Nagy doesn't really care, and it shows that he's not talking about anything in the future. So why would mm-hmm. we care about it?
1: And I would have been fine if you work Tevin Jenkins in and you get him some reps. Maybe he doesn't have to start. If you say we don't want to throw him in the starting position and throw him against Green Bay, yeah, I have absolutely no problem with that. That would make sense. But if you want to work him in and maybe spell the 39-year-old left tackle you have right now, give him a break and work Jenkins in there to get him some reps. What are you playing for right now, other than you know this this mystical half of a percent you have to make the number seven seed? So I, I, I'm I'm interested to see. If they lose this week, and I'm saying if very generously, if they lose this week and they're mathematically out of the playoffs or what have you, let's see what happens. Because if you're out of it, then you have to start thinking about next year. That's not a pride thing. That's not like, hey, let's go out there and win one for Matt Nagy. It's a business You have to start developing your investments. Let's stop acting like this is high school football and we have to go out there and have pride and try to win everything. You're in a business of professional football. And if you don't start developing your investments, then you're going to start throwing Tevin Jenkins out for his first reps next year? Whenever he should already have some reps under his belt, I don't buy that bull ass. That, oh, well, okay, yeah.
2: <laughs> I almost, I almost I let know. myself
1: go.
4: Yeah.
0: That was really, really good. You know, and, and maybe it wouldn't be that big of an issue if he just would have responded to the question saying, we're working furiously to develop Tevin Jenkins. He's the future at that left tackle position. When he's ready to go, we're going to put him in there and get as many snaps. Next question. But he goes on for 90 seconds through minutes just pontificating about nothing like john says word word salad or word soup means, or nothing. Like <laughs> means nothing yeah it, it, he just trips over himself over and over and over again all right gentlemen round three while we're talking about who should play or not play give me the name of one player not named tevin jenkins who currently is not getting snaps, but that you would like to see out on the field, so that the Bears can develop or determine that that player has no future in Chicago. Tyler, we start with you.
3: Auto. Um, it 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 should it shouldn't it shouldn't be that tough. But when, you, when we talk about players who when their future is in Chicago, brother, i for me, I'm I'm really staring at that middle that middle. Next to Roquan Smith, that position that we're not really talking about right now, who who's having Roquan Smith back? That's and that is that's Danny, that's that, that's Danny Cherven for me. And so I'm interested in John's point, but I have a huge concern on who will not be there next to Roquan Smith.
1: Well, they're the oldest team in the league, like Tyler's alluding to, so there aren't too many people to choose from, but I'm going to go with the tight end position. I'm fine if they want to give Jesper Horstead some more snaps, and I'm fine if they want to give Jesse James some more snaps, because guess what? Jimmy Graham ain't going to be on this team next year, and you want to see who's going to be playing opposite of Cole Komet. And if you want to figure out who your red zone guy is, well, Horstead's young, he's 24 years old, Jesse James is only 27, and he's 6'7", so I'd love to see if he could be that new Jimmy Graham, but planning for the future is just not something that's coaching staff's doing right now. Sure.
0: Yeah. I, I got to say that I think that they're you know, what about uh, Kindle Vildor? Have you guys given up on, on Kindle Vildor? Do you want him back out there to get snaps, Tyler?
3: I mean, honestly, I, I, I mean, so like I'm done, I'm done with the competitions at this point, because it's, it's I think it's all for a mute point at the, at, at this stage of the game. It's, it's a, it's a mute point. Got Guy, young guys get reps, but it's just like Aldo, I would have to believe in the coaching staff. Like and 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 I just truly don't. I mean, we're we're getting we're getting we're getting embarrassed even on defensive side too. There was a lot of talk early season about Sean Design, all this mythical thing, how you feel about him, everything. And so Vildor, young ta- young, young talented, yeah, give him some reps, or whatever. But it's just like the more I emotionally invest into that development of the player, I have to be, I have to trust the coach. And so we don't know what these guys too, I mean, every game it's a broken down play for a touchdown. It's, it's like a, these things are they're not getting better. These things that are going to make us a, a, a divisional, like, competitive team, they're not getting better. It's always a lapse on coverage. It's always something. And so just, like, how much is it harder to communicate? We saw the Cardinals communicate very freaking well. The Bears tip passes too, but the Cardinals converted that into 21 points. There's, there's just like, things missing here. Yes, answer question, yes. I want to get, get some more reps, whatever. It's, but it's not – I don't really care right now. I got, I got bigger issues. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I think that's something they're going to address in the draft again. Uh, but there's also a lot of positions they have to address right. in the draft, and they don't have a first round pick. So uh, we'll we'll see. This whole, I, I think Kendall Vildor is probably going to get reps regardless, and they're going to go back and forth with Artie Burns, who was a first round uh, washout and Artie burnt most of the time. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's definitely a position they got to address. Whether it's through free agency and they bring in a veteran like they tried to do with Desmond Trufant this year and it just didn't work out, although he's playing, I believe, for Las Vegas right now. But uh, if they bring in another guy that has been in the league for a long time that can bring some experience to the cornerback room with another year under Jalen Johnson's belt, maybe that's the route they try to go and trying to get one of those veterans back in there. Maybe, Maybe Kyle Fuller gets back here.
0: I think, you know, another guy that I'd love to see get multiple reps. In fact, I think they should get rid of Jimmy Graham. And Jesper Horsted should be playing instead of Jimmy Graham. What do we have in Jesper Horstead? The Bears media made this big deal of bringing him in. They got the cameras there. Jesper, you've made the team and so forth. And what has he done? What kind of an opportunity has he been given? The sole opportunity that he was given, he scored a touchdown. And what has happened? You put Jimmy Graham in the game, and he is playing on his last legs. He has no future with the Chicago Bears. You got a guy who could potentially be his successor, and he's not getting any playing time. It's ridiculous. And I don't care if the coaching is poor. He needs to get reps. He needs to get snaps. I don't care if he's getting snaps with the high school football team over in Buffalo Grove near where I live. He needs to get in there and play football, gentlemen.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, but, and we, and we, Aldo, we brought this point up whenever they decided to carry all these tight ends, whenever they, whenever they said Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, uh, Jesse James, Jesper Horsted, JP Holtz, I said, they don't use them anyway. What are these guys going to be doing? I mean, I, I love that Jesper Horsted made the team. I love that Jesse James is on the team. They don't use them. They don't get on the field. And so you're gonna you're gonna keep trotting out Jimmy Graham. So doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make much sense? Like why are these guys not in the game? You're trying to generate more offense. You're trying to find a jolt to your offense, mm-hmm. but you're doing the same damn thing you've done all year. So you're not gonna you're not gonna have any of that juice. So it it's it's on it's on brand.
3: No, I think I, I think I, w- w- I think we'll see. Because at this point, remember last game, they're they're, they're emptying their bag of tricks. They're, they're emptying their bag. They're going all out, I guess, but. It, 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 it truly sucks. It just tells you where their mind is at. The same goes for laser. It goes because it's the position the guy's calling. It's the position coaches calling who's up, who's in. And so this is this is on laser. Like, why is laser not, is he still not superseding Nagy to say, hey, let's get this guy some reps? Like there's supposed to be experiences here on this offensive play calling, and it we're not seeing it. So it was just like it's a me point again.
0: Chubb says the best players should play, and the reason is to try and win because that's how you get players to prepare correctly. But the issue, Chubb's, is, is how. Like you Jimmy know- Graham,
1: like, like Jimmy Graham doesn't know how to prepare for a game fourteen <laughs> years into the league. <laughs> exactly. What? Come on. And,
0: and how do you know that Jesper that can't eclipse everything that Jimmy Graham has done right. in his Hall of Fame career if he's not getting an opportunity now? If if the reason is because his practice tape, because he's on the scout team, he's he's dropping passes, he's tripping over himself and so forth. If that's the case, then drop him. Then drop him. But don't keep the guy's potential on the bench at the expense of Jimmy Graham. Come on. Let's get out of here. Round four. One of the Bears players who had a heroic performance against the Cardinals was David Montgomery. Now, when Jordan Howard was with the Bears, he played at a similarly high level and many Bears fans were aghast at the thought of moving on from Howard. But the running backs are proving to be fairly replaceable. Evidence is Khalil Herbert's play during Montgomery's absence. David Montgomery becomes a free agent after the 2022 season. How important is it for the Bears to re-sign David Montgomery? John, it's all yours.
1: Look, I'm not usually one that thinks it's necessary to shell out a lot of money for a running back because we've seen it backfire a lot. Look at what happened to Le'Veon Bell in New York. Melvin Gordon's currently the ninth highest paid running back in the league. And even Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Derrick Henry, who are great, are getting hurt and missing significant time. However, I think you can take kind of a Cleveland Browns approach here and invest in your two big horses in the backfield. Let Montgomery and Herbert become that one two punch, keep the legs fresh and keep the players healthy. Both of these guys can be special for the Bears moving forward.
3: vitally important. I mean, you talk about a guy coming back the way that he did. Um if it's not if it, if it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's not broke, you don't got to fix it. We don't we don't need to play around with this decision. David Montgomery is a a focal point, can be a centerpiece to this Bears offense moving forward with any coordinator. And so it is of extreme importance and the guys just lays his body out on the line for us, um, regardless of where he's at in his rehab. All
0: right. Um, I don't know. You know, I got to tell you what David Montgomery did on the field against the Tampa Bay or excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals and what he said after the game inspired the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy, uh, he's worth every single dollar. His, his agent is going to demand. I just, I felt so strongly about what he did. I actually went out and did a video of some of his highlights mm-hmm. and, some of the things that he said after the game check this out
4: i'm always motivated i want to be as good as i can be montgomery cuts
0: another cut a spin and a first down impressive running by david
1: montgomery the
4: entire season has kind of been frustrating with you know the, the losses we've taken but um i'm a fighter i'm never gonna stop fighting i'm never gonna start stop giving everything that i got what you, what you realize and what you learn um uh, stepping into, I guess you could say, a leadership role, or, or stepping at a point where, where people watch you, the things that you do, um, happen to carry uh, a lot of weight. So it, it becomes infectious. Uh, your mentality, how you practice, how you come into work every day. I, I take a lot of pride in that. Uh, so even when things are, are, are bad. Still gonna have a high character. Still gonna be that guy to tell everybody, "Let's go, Let's get it." I ain't got no quit in my blood, so I'm gonna make sure everybody else in there ain't got none in theirs either.
0: What yeah, an inspiration that. that guy.
1: Is. Yeah. I love David Montgomery. I love cool. David Montgomery and uh, and like I said, I'm usually not big uh, big on showing out money for running backs, but he's the kind of guy who he's going to be the leader of your team for a long time and I believe his contract will be up when he's like just turned 25. So you could probably get him on a on a four-year deal which still keeps him in Chicago through his twenties. So if you wanted to revisit that afterwards, or if you wanted to go get one more contract, uh, whatever, but I I love that, that this is a guy that can be in Chicago. I think that they should, depending on, well, we don't know who's pulling the strings right now. And we don't know who's going to be pulling the strings. And that's all going to take place at the end of the year uh, on who's going to be in charge of personnel. But I hope, I hope that they bring this guy back.
0: And Tyler, can you think of another leader on this team who you hear vocally? or that you have heard that he vocally expresses that kind of inspiration because one of the complaints about Ryan Pace and how he's developed this Chicago Bears roster is that he hasn't put a lot of vocal leaders but I was listening on at a radio station uh, a radio show this week and they said that in years past you knew that it was Brian Urlacher leading the defense and you knew that it was Olin Kroets leading the offense those were the vocal leaders and in fact Olin Kroets practically was just leading the entire team he, he would throw people uh, greg gabriel tells me that he threw him out of the weight room a couple of times this is for players only get out of here and stuff mm-hmm. that's olin Cruz. is there another guy on the chicago bears team who is like that and do you think if there isn't do you think it's necessary
3: i mean it's 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 a it's a weird thing do i think we have one now if it was a person right right now it will be Khalil Mack. It will be Akeem Hicks. So, so it would be Akeem Hicks, so to speak. That's who I would go to for that. Those guys had longevity in those systems, so you could trust what they were going to say. The situations we've had a lot of turnover here with systems. So, who's a thousand percent confident in the system? Who's here to say, "Hey, I knew what we're doing here every every snap, and I trust fully, fully trust the system." It will be Akeem. The guys that are it are the guys we don't know if we're going to be here that long. We don't know if Akeem Hicks is going to be here next season. So, and then he, then then he's then he's hurt too. He's a beast, he's a mammoth, but we got concerns that it's time to move on from him. Mm. So next to next to that is Khalil Mack. Roquan Smith leads leads differently. He leads purely with his play. He leads his play speaks for himself. And so, but besides that, Aldo, nobody in the offense, I think, has outside of Montgomery, but it's it's a personality, it's a personality trait, it's a different era, and we haven't had that much success with the systems for somebody to be yelling like that
1: and I think that there needs to be somebody and I think David Montgomery can be that leader in the locker room amongst his teammates on the offense, but you also need that dog on the offensive line like you had with Olin Cruz, like you had uh, I guess with Roberto Garza after he took over, with like you had with Kyle Long even whenever he was healthy and playing. You need that guy that says, okay, you're all good but I will literally punch somebody in the face if I have to. He has that dog mentality where it's like, no one's going to push us around we're going to be angry and we're going to bulldoze everyone in front of us. They need that leader on the line, and you're hoping that that can either be a Larry Borum or uh, or a Tevin Jenkins in the future. With one of those guys saying, "All right, we got a lot of talent here, but it, the buck stops with me." Someone starts pushing and shoving, I'm going to be right in the middle of it. I'm going to rip somebody's face mask off. Then that's what you're. That's what you need on that side of the ball because. There's been plenty of uh, uh, you know rumors that people think that the Bears were soft during that 2018. It wasn't even Kyle Long's brother Chris who said that they thought thought the Bears were soft going into, into that game. You needed you need somebody to be that aggressor on the offensive line, and they have that uh, on the defensive line. Akeem Hicks, you would run through a wall for that guy. I'm pretty sure Khalil Mack can get somebody pretty uh, pretty jazzed up too. So uh, there needs to be that aggression brought pumped back into the system, and I think that's. Stalled with Matt Nagy because he's not that kind of guy that's going to engage with any kind of confrontation. He doesn't seem like a guy that's going to get up there and throw a vulgarity out or two not to say that right not that you need to take the Rex Ryan approach to things but what you but you need somebody that you know is he's in your corner and he if you're going to start swinging that guy might be there with you. Obviously, theoretically, of course, but a guy like Mike Tomlin who's going to have his guys back, and he's also going to call his guys out when they need it, much like whenever Chase Claypool said they need to start playing music at practice, and he basically said, "Uh, "I'll coach you play receiver." I think that's the good. uh, That's how. That's how it needs to work. So there needs to be that kind of mentality and it starts with the coach it's not going to it's not going to start with the players guys it's not going to be like let's leave it up to the players to dictate the culture the coach has to inject that into the system and then the players feed off of that and then they take it over the finish line this coach doesn't have that kind of gene in him I guess He doesn't have that aggressiveness in him the guys will just they have that you know mean mentality in a mean sport
0: The chat room has suggested that Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins could potentially be players like that. And in fact, that's one of the reasons the Bears targeted those two offensive linemen, because they had a mean streak. They're they're kind of built in that Olin Krutz mold. We'll see if they develop into the type of player that Olin was. First and foremost, that's the most important thing, but also be the type of leader that Olin was. All right, guys, let's move on to round five just 10 days after hurting his hamstring against the lions inside linebacker roquan smith started and led the bears with eight tackles smith will demand top dollar when his contract negotiations begin in 2022 bobby wagner will make a base salary of 16 million dollars and his cap hit will be over 20 million dollars cj mosley has a contract value of over 85 million dollars during his five-year contract smith and his agent will want to cross that 100 million dollar threshold for a middle linebacker tell me why roquan smith does or does not deserve this type of money tyler you're up
3: i mean there is no not deserving there there's no not deserving i mean um even through the even through the bad times um, he shows up. He's the first to talk to the media throughout the course of the week In the middle of the week. He's not afraid to address the media when we feel like there should be a coaching staff. So Roquan is put himself in that position. Sideline to sideline. He's a ball hawk. I mean, injured, and that's how he came back. He's still working on things, but that is that is one of our top – that is the one thing that Ryan Pace could probably hang his hat on. And so Roquan Smith still, still, still um, performing.
1: Once again, I understand the notion that you may not want to invest nine figures into a a position with a higher probability of injury. Look at Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. Great players, high salary, missing time. But this is a 24-year-old tackling machine that can run sideline to sideline and can anchor your defense for the next decade during a time where it's possible the Bears actually invest less on the defensive side of the ball, and they're going to need two to three playmakers to hold down the fort on the defensive side of the ball moving forward roquan smith is a good investment
0: i have to agree <laughs> i have to agree uh you know in today's football you, you need linebackers who can go from sideline to sideline and there isn't a better uh, inside linebacker that does that than roquan smith and you know but this team really misses those pass rushers uh when they're out of the game since khalil Mack has been out um Look at what's happened to some of the defensive backs played. They've been exposed, and now if you, if you, you know, with an aging Khalil Mack, if you remove Roquan Smith, who not only can go sideline to sideline, but is also very effective at blitzing, the defensive backfield is going to be is going to deteriorate too in their play. He's a, a vital part of this t- the team. You talk about building blocks. I think you know at the top of the list is Justin Fields and Roquan Smith, right?
1: Well, he's the quarterback on on defense, just like Justin Fields is the quarterback on offense. And that's why I'm saying, moving forward, if they decide to move their investment to the offensive side of the ball, you need Jalen Johnson to be that stalwart. You need Roquan Smith to be the playmaker. You need Eddie Jackson to get back to what we thought he could be a couple years ago. And then you see what you have left on the defensive line. And I'm talking one to two years from now. Next year, obviously, you're still going to have – you're still going to have – uh, Quinn and Mac there, but there's going to be some
3: changes when it comes to personnel.
0: Yep. Pay the man, right, Tyler?
3: I mean, yeah, absolutely. We we should just learn. But who, who's going to pay him now? So who's <laughs> it? Which, which which who's the GM? Who's gonna, who's going who's going to give him his due? Do we have another GM that comes in here and tries to play hardball with him? Oh, prove yourself to me now. We don't we don't know. Ho- hopefully, there's not a scenario though that we let him go. Hopefully, it, that doesn't happen. <sighs>
1: I, I I hope it's not just because you want you want to stop seeing this your first round picks leave. <laughs> we yeah. saw we saw Leonard Floyd leave. We saw Trubisky leave. You want to stop seeing the guys that you invest high draft picks on go somewhere else just because I don't care whether I don't care what they do afterwards. Basically, if you don't win a championship or at least you're not a really good team that is competing in the playoffs every year then it has to has to seem like the the pick was a failure regardless of how good the player is it was a failure if you can't bring him back and he's not a huge contributor uh, for you uh for a long period of time having you know having Leonard Floyd here for 4 years it was fine but it didn't work out and, it, and you didn't get you didn't get what you wanted out of him and he's and so he's got his own career out in LA great for him it's he's he's still a good player just didn't work out for the bears and that can be seen as a as a as a uh, failed pick then
0: yeah, I think if you hire a general manager who doesn't recognize what Roquan Smith means to the Chicago Bears and that the fact that he's probably the best inside linebacker in the NFL, you've hired the wrong general manager. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, we won't uh, get into that situation. Hopefully, All that's right.
1: part of the inter- hopefully that's part of the interview process. Hopefully, yeah. it's like, what are you? If you hire you, what are you doing with Roquan Smith?
0: Yeah. Right exactly who are you bringing in and who are you going to resign those are, are all some of the first questions you ask uh mm-hmm. you, you, you forget about do you want a cup of coffee just get straight no. to the request what are
1: you doing with the rogue one yep
0: <laughs> exactly all right we're gonna we're at the halfway point we're gonna take a quick break and i want to share with you a public service announcement that we have shared before here at the barroom network but at this point of the year the holiday seasons for a lot of people it can get kind of uh, depressing and they can get kind of sad and so forth so it's very important. To keep a close eye on your friends and family members uh, a couple few months ago we had eric kramer here at the bar room He's, he spoke with dan aguirre and myself about a very difficult time in his life i'd like to share that with you now and then we'll be back in two minutes for the second half
2: of the show the coaching i both coach griffin and dylan in youth football but that had just ended it was dylan's season had just ended and when griffin passed away um and so then, as I said, my mom, she had, um, prior to Griffin passing away though, uh, on, it was a Mother's Day, actually the day after Mother's Day, that very year, she found out she had stage four uterine cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, so she survived an, an uh, just a lethal um, surgery where they removed a lot. Um, and... So she somehow survived that, only to eight months later pass away. Um, and so there was kind of a rough time there where for me it felt like everybody was going, nobody was coming. Yeah. And um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I that led me to a, a serious, serious bout of depression, to the point where um, in August of 2015, i actually shot myself and in the head underneath the chin and um with the intention of not being here uh and so as i look back now um everything i didn't have to live for i now have to live for and so um, it, it was just a period of time where it, life was tough and it was Once you get down, what my experience is, once I got down that low, um, it didn't feel like it was ever going to end, and uh, unless I ended it.
0: All right, we are back with the second half of The Bare Truth. Guys, you want to get right into it? If you can
1: say the name of the show right, then we can do it.
0: <laughs> what the?
1: You, you said the, the bare truth. I don't see Danny Shimon anywhere.
3: I'll be letting it go, John, but good call.
1: I don't do it, <laughs> I don't let anything go.
0: Oh, oh, my goodness. It. All right. Let's go. I will be
1: here to nail you every time when, they, when, there's, a, when there's a mistake.
0: Please do. Please do. <laughs> That's why I don't go back and watch any of these shows because I just cringe <laughs> when I make a mistake. Uh,
1: neither do I because I, I do my fair share of them as well.
0: So <laughs> uh, thanks for that. All right. <laughs> Second half starts now with round six. <laughs> It's Packer Week, and the 9-3 first-place Cheeseheads will host the Bears on Sunday night football. The Packers will win. They will win easily, and they will again humiliate Bears fans on national television. Convince me otherwise. John, you start.
1: Oh, I I do not like this one. Uh, <laughs> um, they're going to need some weather conditions like they had in the Buffalo-New England game. If, if there are 70-mile-per-hour winds and it's snowing, it might force Matt Nagy to stick with the run game, which, in theory, would make the clock run more, which, once again, in theory, would keep the game closer. So maybe the Bears could keep it within two scores if they just limit the amount of time that Aaron Rodgers touches the ball. I'm doing a lot of mental gymnastics here. I think that's how they would have a shot,
2: <sighs> gentlemen. <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm trying to debate you, man. literally I'm about to waste the whole damn clock thinking about trying to debate debate even debate this topic. How do the Bears? How do the Bears win? I mean, the fact of the matter is, we got to pray for lucky passes and tip, tip balls. I mean, um, Aaron Rodgers is going to try to make he's going to try to make a statement. How are we going to win? The, the whole clock is about to expire. John, <laughs> wow. I'll be lying to the public. I'm, I'm, I'm forced to lie to the public. I've, I've been hopeful before, Aldo, but the fact that the, David Montgomery just keeps breaking tackles. I mean, that's that—that's the best thing I can see that we just stick to our guns and we don't turn over the ball four, four or five times. I mean, it, it was the Cardinals' interception returns that hold us. So not only did they pick it off, they ran down the damn field. Mm-hmm. and gave the Callum murray like very short guards a rundown. So how how do we have a path to victory? It's 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 any given Sunday. But it's it's the bears right now. It sucks.
0: Yeah, you know you you've got to preach to this team that they can't make the same mistakes they did against the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you've got to catch passes, you got to make blocks. You got to, you know, you got to play a flawless game. And if this coaching staff wants to prove that they deserve another year, here in Chicago, then they have got to motivate these guys, coach them up, and they got to go into Lambeau field and play the absolute perfect game. And if they lose against the Packers, then you at least you could say, well, they got a better roster. They got they got you know a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback and we played them hard and so forth. At least you can walk away with that sense of of dignity. But if they're gonna go out there and play like they did against the Cardinals, then I want you. Tyler, you, John, and everyone in the chat room to join me over at Hallis Hall while I have fire and and fire pace. Out here.
1: <laughs> Hasn't um, had much of an impact so far, but
4: <laughs> you can try it again.
0: I hear you. I hear you. Listen, I didn't want to ignore uh, a comment made by Grant Sims here in the chat room. He says, hey, thank you for the Eric Kramer PSA. He was wondering why he was su- such in a shitty mood last week, and I, he remembered that uh, it's that time of the year. Prayers, Up for all men going through it. Absolutely. Men and women go through it. And uh, Grant went on to say that his wife helped him get out of the the dark mood that he was in. And that is fantastic. And spread around that suicide prevention uh, hotline. I called it once many, many years ago when I was having some problems. And it really helped me through a dark time in my life. Not that I was contemplating suicide. I just needed somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. And so that was very helpful when I was in my mid-20s. So, all right, guys, let's head on to round number seven. Nagy says that Justin Fields' pain tolerance and the doctor's clearance will determine if the rookie quarterback plays on Sunday night. Who gives the Bears a better chance to win at Lambeau, Justin Fields or Andy Dalton? Tyler, it's all yours.
3: Honestly, for me, it's Justin Fields. Justin Fields, what Justin Fields, <laughs> hands hands down. That's just the situation. Now, do I want Justin out there if he's questionable? Absolutely not. I don't. I don't want him getting embarrassed. I don't want him getting hurt again. He's too much. It's too high of a risk. But if, if they're complete, if he's completely healthy, Justin Fields gives a chance because Justin Fields can move. At the end of the day, we know what Andy can do, but it's like you got to give respect to your, to our first round pick. I'm not sure
1: how anyone can say Andy Dalton after watching the Cardinals game. Does he react to blitzes a little bit better than Justin Fields at this point? Probably, but he can't push the ball down the field. He doesn't throw the ball further than 20 yards, and he doesn't have the playmaking ability that Justin Fields does. You aren't going to beat the Packers with three-yard crossing routes and checkdowns. You need quick strike points or someone that can rip off big chunks of yards. At this point... That's Justin Fields. And if he's 100% healthy, like Tyler said, there's absolutely no purpose in starting Andy Dalton if you're trying to win the game. Thanks.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I, John, you know, I have been saying for most of the season that Dalton, because of his ex- experience and, and everything, but after that performance against the Cardinals, I mean, how can you, how can anybody say that he can give the Bears? A better chance against the Packers. I I, I I don't get it. I mean, I think at this point you you, and Tyler's right. If he's healthy, got to get him out there. Uh, but man, it's just uh, Dalton was a huge huge disappointment uh, uh, to all Bears fans to Matt Nagy who put his neck out on the line to acquire him, and I'm sure to himself that was a putrid performance against the Cardinals. Man, that was
1: don't let I, Ryan that, Pace that, off the hook for that too.
0: Oh, yep exactly all right we're moving on to round eight the Arizona Cardinals were three and 13 at the end of the 2018 season. they fired their head coach and moved on from first round quarterback bust Josh Rosen and replaced them with coach Kingsbury and quarterback Kyler Murray. but outside of acquiring DeAndre Hopkins in a trade, they focused on building their defense. And after drafting Murray, they chose cornerback Byron Murphy, who was a starter for them and playing really well. Then they went back to defense with their first-round picks of 2020 and 2021. Clemson linebacker Isaiah Simmons and Tulsa linebacker Zaven Collins were the two defenders. Those three defensive players are now part of the core of this Arizona Cardinals defense, which is one of the best in football. Should the Bears take a similar approach with Justin Fields? Should they focus on defense first or should they devote more resources to helping Justin Fields? John, you start us off.
1: I think they've invested enough on the defense. One would think that Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are going to be around for the next one to two years. And outside of Allen Robinson, who's playing on the franchise tag, by the way, the five highest average salaries on the Chicago Bears are on the defensive side of the ball. I think they need to do everything possible to protect Justin Fields and give him some weapons to succeed. And I'm saying this as someone who loves defense and loves seeing huge defensive plays. The Bears tried putting in all their chips on defense already. Didn't work out.
3: We absolutely, it's, it's time to, um, and we have to protect our asset, okay? We have to give our boy Justin some nice hot route talent. We have to give him some nice pieces in that, in that O-line. What good is a defense if the offense can't score? What good is a defense if they're back on the field every 10 minutes and can't catch their breath? And so at this point right now, we got to invest some time. on it. First of all, we got to address everything. Just because we're taking care of the offense don't mean the defense will get neglected. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of work to do if we want to be competitive. But this offseason right now, we have to protect our asset. We got to go Dallas Cowboys. Even the Cleveland Browns took one good offseason and spent over $120 million on their offensive line. And that actually moved them to being top two team rushing team um, in the NFL. And so those things help any quarterback development.
0: Uh Chubbs and Bryce are making suggestions like uh tr- try to acquire Devante Adams or Chris Godwin, those are the big two marquee names, free agent names. They're gonna it's gonna be 20 million dollars to sign them. If you could figure out a way to make that work with the cap and so forth, in our ways, you know, but it's gonna be at the sacrifice of certain position players. So Let me ask you guys, would you prefer them going after one of the top free agent wide receivers available? Or would you prefer a needed position like a cornerback to play opposite Jalen Johnson? I, I hear what you're saying, you know, protect your assets and Justin Fields and so forth. But at the same time, man, I'm a little bit worried about Kendall Vildor and everybody else that plays that quarterback position behind Jalen Johnson. Tyler, what do you think?
3: I think out of both. You get get both of them. Get get try to get the best DB. Try to get the best wide receiver. Devontae Adams, Chicago. That just sounds weird. I don't even know if that would like happen. <laughs> I don't know if that would happen. I don't. I don't know if he because he seems like such a Packer diehard. That'd be weird. But I wouldn't be mad. That'd be that'd be pretty freaking awesome if we got. But no, I don't. We we have to attempt to do both. Billy De- Donovan. He we we are we were good. He said no. Give me DeMar DeRozan. No, like you you got to find a talent and bring in the guy. You got to bring in the guys. And so but it's all going to go back to um, exit interviews and a full transparent roster look through of what we need and how can we be competitive. Um do, is is the current GM are they going to use that term rebuild or not? That's where that's where it's going to decide if um, how, where we're going to invest our money at.
1: Yeah, um listen The Bears had a dominant defense in 2018. They had a really, really good defense in 2019. Had a pretty good defense last year. Doesn't mean a damn thing if you're scoring 13 points. This is the NFL in the year 2021, next year 2022 you're not going to hold teams to 10 points anymore. You don't need a top two defense with studs across the board and then hope that Kyle Lorton and Bernard Berrien can get you down the field for a field goal. That's just that that formula isn't going to work anymore. So you need to be able to get some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They, they, remember, I mean, there are some notoriously terrible defenses out there, but that Peyton Manning played with, or even Patrick Mahomes is playing with, and they still go pretty far because they have they put points on the board. The Bears have tried this having a dominant defense thing for a long time, and it's worked to an extent as far as having a great defense. But what has it gotten them? Mm-hmm. It, it, nothing. They, I mean, absolutely nothing. So they're, they're, you. I think that you have to put your focus on, okay, what have we been lacking for the last 30 years or so? A lot of uh, explosive plays on offense. Yes, you have to pay attention to the defense. You can't just not pay attention to it. You can invest draft picks on places, but as far as paying guys, I think that you got to reserve that to the offensive side of the ball a little bit more.
0: The factor has a question here. He asks um, Are the wide receivers that are available in free agency far better than Allen Robinson? So Adams, Godwin, are far better than Allen Robinson. If you could get Allen Robinson at a price, less expensive, significantly less expensive than those two names we've been talking about, would you target Allen Robinson?
1: Mm Yes. Yes. Yes, I, we, I saw I saw a graphic out today showing what the breakdown of all these receiver routes are doing, and Allen Robinson runs more hitches than any other receiver in the league, or something like that. It is it is incredible when you look at the routes that they're asking Allen Robinson to run this year. Whenever you think about his skill set, so I think with fresh blood in the coaching staff uh, and and GM personnel and all that, and a new scheme, Allen Robinson is can still be an elite wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, and so if they can even get him at a discounted rate and save some money somewhere uh, on something else, yeah, go ahead and get Allen Robinson, because he, he already knows the Chicago area, knows the teammates, he already has chemistry, hopefully better chemistry with Justin Fields and other people coming in, uh, so yeah, I would like that. I, I don't know if Alan Robinson wants to be here anymore. But that would that would that would be nice.
3: Yes. John, it's, it's a great it's a great point even in this debate because Alan Robinson, if Alan Robinson was on another team somewhere, he wouldn't be that super top tier, but he'll be right in that that range, like yo, let's get yeah. let's get, let's get an Alan Robinson in here. That would be somebody that we would target. The fact of the matter is, he's due money now. He's he's actually due. He, he's by his time. He's paid on he's played on one contract deals. He's proven himself after ACL tear. I mean, he's done so much great in the community. I mean, he's done so many things, even with the network. You see what I'm saying? I mean, he that's does, does, that's 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 a, that's a um, him and his sister the whole uh, within reach Foundation that that badge does a great job with on the tailgate show. Um, he's he just so much off the field, but um, Allen Robinson, but because it he'll come down to ego. At the same time, he's been making he's been making some top dollar. At, yeah, he's the, making that that, that, he's doing like, it right he's doing all right he's not, he's not hungry he's yeah. been getting franchise tag money the past two years but at the same time that still is a level of anxiety when you plan on a, on a one contract deal which yeah. i think two, should be beneficial two quick two quick
1: things uh laz's comment of bringing in mike Williams i like i like mike Williams i think he's a big body that could score points in the red yeah. zone and they're gonna need they're gonna need I, I think that would be that would be a good signing also as far as Allen robinson not getting separation on his routes that's because everyone knows he's going to run a hitch route. Everyone knows what he's running. It's <laughs> yeah. it's it's hard to get it's hard to get separation whenever the film is out and they know exactly what you're going to run every play. Right. So it's 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 sometimes it's tough. and he, he doesn't run any go routes. So it's so it's it's, it's tough to
3: do that. Then John, I would still put Allen Robinson in top five wide receivers that can catch in traffic, mm-hmm. because that 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 that's his radius. He catches with his hands. A mm-hmm. lot of drop balls we see. We see guys still trying to catch with their chest. Mm -hmm. They That stuff should have been ruled out earlier in your football career. Mm -hmm. Balls are slipping off the place because you just want the rest. Allen Robinson always catches it straight out. I mean, he catches it out. He tries to bring it forward. It's these small little things he doesn't really get credit for. And so for somebody that used to get like 10 to 12 catches um, targets per game, now to three to four, it it really says a lot.
0: Uh, trivial note here, but I used to play uh, flag football against a guy who used all of those a Rob techniques, like like a basketball player boxing people out. So he'd go, he'd run to the sideline, and he just, I mean, to the touch end zone, he just blocked people out. Tell the quarterback, throw it up, throw it up, and he, he just would catch it. And that's a Rob's game. He muscles his way, he he outfoxes people. Yeah, but separation, he doesn't have the speed to separate. He uses his body to separate and that's why he's a good possession receiver for any team i think he's going to get paid uh but that's uh, the
1: thing what's the market Uh, if his market is up there with devonny adams and chris godwin i don't see the bears showing that out uh because they're gonna they're gonna come back and say well you have half the production you had two years ago we're not going to pay you that so and well i'm just saying that's how negotiations work i'm not saying it's i'm not saying that's justified at all i'm just gonna say that's that's what you could be using and if they're gonna if if alan robinson says i want 18 million dollars or i want 17 16 million dollars they're gonna say why you didn't earn that and then they're gonna and then he's gonna piss them off and he's gonna play he's gonna go play somewhere else and he's gonna do fine he's gonna ball
0: ball out he's gonna he's gonna gonna
3: ball out probably
0: all right we are moving on to round nine some opinion makers are wondering why the Bears fans are not chanting Fire Pace instead of or with Fire Nagy. What's more important for the Bears to do, Fire Nagy or Fire Pace? Tyler, you have the first choice.
3: Damn. I mean, <laughs> that's tough. It's tough because um, but at the end of the day, if you Fire Pace, that means Matt Nagy is definitely going because the gym going to get his new head coach. And so it all comes back down to where the organization fed up with the most. Are they fed up with um, them being sold a dream? Um, What is it going to come down to? And so um, if it was just Nagy, you would think Brian Pace would have made that decision already. As a GM, I got to protect my job or it's going to be both of us.
1: I'm at the point now where I think both are equally important, but maybe it just comes down to syllables. You need that chant cadence of ba which unfortunately, Matt Nagy's last name fits into that perfectly. Fire Pace or Fire Everyone just doesn't roll off the tongue nearly as well. But uh, on a more real level, fans are keyed in on Nagy more because he's the one they see every week. He's the one that's feeding them those BS press conferences multiple times every week. And, un- and unfortunately for Matt Nagy, he doesn't have the luxury of Hiding behind the curtain like Ryan Pace does.
0: Yeah, Chubbs uh, says uh, the question was you have to pick one or the other. I mean, obviously the answer is both, but if you have to pick one, it's a man Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's hard. I, I was.
1: I like Tyler's answer though, just because it's almost like a I'm taking Pace because I know what the ripple effect will be on that. So I'm going to pick <laughs> one, knowing what the ripple effect will. One be. guarantees so, it. So, yeah, one yeah, guarantees yeah. it. <laughs> one guarantees the other. Yes.
0: You're absolutely right. I mean, I the, there was the stat up the other day, uh, Ryan Payson, he's been general manager of the Chicago Bears. The Bears are 18 games under 500 and have not won a playoff game. That's seven seasons of mediocrity. And you can make all the excuses for him in the world. Oh, he was handed the, the first head coach. Oh, he, he you know, it's un- unlucky that Mitchell didn't work out. Oh, you know, everybody makes a bad head coaching hire. He deserves. Another chance stuff, so I'm not buying any of that. He's got no, go no you
3: that. can't you can't because as a general manager, you gotta stick your claim. Mm-hmm. I'm making changes immediately. When somebody gives you the keys to their organization, they mean they trust you to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And when you're a general manager, you don't have time to be second-guessing yourself, you're making millions of dollars, mm-hmm. and it's your career on the line. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you're not complaining about it, they're gonna know that you don't get you don't get fired for what you do, you get fired for what you don't do. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't recognize the issue, just like Carolina the Panthers. Fired their OC last week. They, that's on the that's on the head coach. If the general manager doesn't see the head coach taking care of stuff, then he's gone. So the, the, when you're in that position to make decisions, it's also what you don't do. So Ryan Pace, if you are going to allow Matt Nagy to do these things, then you're going to be gone, sir. Mm-hmm.
1: Guys, this is the culture that other teams strive for. Just ask Ted Phillips. He'll tell (laughs) you.
0: Yeah, that was a great interview. I'm going to play portions of it on our upcoming show, uh, Dan and all bear their souls. It starts in about uh, 45 minutes. Great interview with uh, Gary Fensick on the score sports radio. And he talks about culture and how, Uh, He doesn't say this explicitly, but it's very easy to see what he was saying. Ryan Pace has failed at building a winning culture. So, um, all right, let's move on to our final question. There is a growing apathy and indifference by fans to the Bears that is palpable. In times like this, do you feel that it is the duty of Bears fans to try and stay engaged, not by buying stuff? By making noise, expressing themselves to management, or is not carrying a clear message all in its own to management. John, start off this last round.
1: Well, I saw a picture of Soldier Field near game time and there were a lot of empty seats. I'm sure weather kept some folks away, but if this team was a contender, it wouldn't matter and the fans would be packed into that stadium. I hate saying this, but the not buying merchandise or not watching them on TV thing isn't going to move the needle too much. They're making a ton of money in other avenues, but what you can do is make make an optics nightmare. People truly don't show up to the game or they just look really apathetic towards the team. It may not hurt the McCaskey's wallet, but their reputation in the league and on the national scale will certainly be impacted.
3: Absolutely. And then even at this point right now, Bears fans, you got to do what's good for your health. I mean, when you put all that emotion into it, you got to protect your heart because if you're yelling and doing all that stuff, you carrying that. You're truly carrying around this with you every day, all day long. And we truly don't deserve that. These millionaires are getting paid no matter whether they win, lose, or draw. And so, um, but, Ayo, send a tweet. Send, send a quick tweet real quick. And then, and then a quick hashtag. Do your part. But besides that, like John said, when you don't show up in a seat, that shows on camera. And um, that's something that we want. The, it's, the, it's the off-season owners meeting. We want our owners to feel uncomfortable. We want them to feel uncomfortable when they go around other winning GMs, especially when you have other organizations that were beneath you, so to speak, and they come to the top. The Cardinals weren't good a couple of years ago. Like we just said, and so all of a sudden, you got that GM, you got G- performing Ryan Pace. You've been here. What are you talking about? And so, like, these things add up.
1: If they fire Matt Nagy after the Green Bay game, I don't know when their next home game is. I don't Are they, are they home on Monday Night Football?
0: Yeah, they flip flop yeah. all season long. Yeah,
1: I bet they'd sell out. Yeah, they sell out. I bet they'd sell out Soldier Field if, they, if Matt Nagy's fired against Green Bay. Yeah. Watch how many Bears fans show up to the game on Monday night.
3: Ooh, John, that's a good scenario. And uh, Matt next Matt Nagy this week, Andy Dalton starts, then they we get blown out, they, they get fired. Mm-hmm. New coach next week, or whoever interim coach, just if it starts. Oh my gosh, those ratings. Mm-hmm. Those, hey, those ratings.
0: Tell you what, the uh, Chicago Bears organization. If you fire Matt Nagy after this loss against the Green Bay Packers, if you follow, fire him the next morning, we will run Chicago Bears commercials for their paraphernalia for all their junk we'll run them all week long in celebration and we'll try to up your sales right john <laughs> sure
1: i mean ultimately that's what we want ultimately we just want a competitive franchise that we can fly the banner for you do what's right for the franchise the fans will be good to you we will be good to you that's right.
0: right? i love it
3: show us um, that you care at this point the show shows that you that you care so show shows don't make it sound like, like we're crazy we're mm-hmm. talking about Arlington Heights. Start talking about playoffs.
0: There you go. I love that thinking. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is the end of our show. Let's go around the table and find out what you guys are working on. Tyler, I know you're one of the busiest guys around. Uh, what do you want to share with people about what's going on?
3: I mean, honestly, right now, just um, we, we talked about Mombasa that's coming up Saturday um, f- from um, from, two, from 2 to 5 p.m. Central Time. Um, online, online, virtual, fundraiser for the children of Mombasa. Um, But besides that, um, health and sports nutrition as well. I mean, we do do a little bit of everything here at the Barroom Network. We want to truly want to inspire people outside of the mundane, outside of just the the concept of going to the TV. We're looking for a hope within our franchise team, but like until they give us something, we got to find hope in what we do um, outside of the game. And so whether that's you checking the Barroom Network out, let this be a therapy session because come check the Barroom Network out throughout the course of the week. Let's have fun. Let's talk about it. We appreciate you all in the chat room sharing your thoughts. I mean, we're just representation of you all because we're fans too. I mean, we, we really want this team to go far. We really want to win the Super Bowl and do all these things. But when, we, when we're when we great in our own lives, and I'm a proud Bears fan, whether we win, lose, or draw, I'll stay with my hat because you're not going to take away my friendship. And so, but when we, when we succeed in life, we can we succeed um, in every aspect of it, if you will. So just stay with us here in the Barroom Network. we we're bringing you coverage on all different types of things to keep you engaged, what you need to know, so you can focus on what's truly important.
0: There you go. Thank you, Tyler. We appreciate you, John. What do you got going on, brother?
3: Hey, I actually want to talk
1: about a charity as well. Uh, our friends over at the Yinzers podcast in Pittsburgh, they are doing this great charity that I hope that we can do at the barroom ne- Network next year. Yinzers have already reached out to us about potentially partnering with it next year, although I know I'm springing all this on you in, in live time, uh, but there's a a, a, a great charity they're putting on in the holiday season called the jersey gift away and what that is is they are collecting donations monetary and actual physical jerseys to give to kids on christmas of their favorite team and obviously it's starting in pittsburgh so they're giving uh, steelers jerseys to kids who can't afford jerseys and you, you think about it when you're a child and you love football you love your team you want to be able to wear a jersey to school to family functions to to wear on game day you want to be able to wear that jersey but you know, sometimes those jerseys do cost 50, 60, 70 and above dollars. And they're expensive. And not every family can afford to give their children, especially if they have multiple children, those NFL jerseys. So what they're doing is they are collecting donations to be able to buy jerseys for kids during the holiday season so they can rep their team uh moving forward. And it looks like the Steelers might make the playoffs. So they could wear they could uh they could wear their Steeler jerseys all year throughout the throughout the entire year, basically. So if you want to be able to donate to this uh great, great cause. they they do Venmo and PayPal it's always at Yinzers although if you can put this up in the chat room or anywhere else Y-I-N-Z-H-E-R-S Y-I-N-Z-H-E-R-S and you can send any kind of donation you want to them they're going to be they're taking donations for the next two weeks uh, to try to buy some jerseys for some kids in Pittsburgh it's a wonderful cause and you know if you're a kid, you always wanted to wear a jersey. So hopefully uh, if people can contribute to that. Uh, other than that, great program going on in the Barroom Network this week. Phone 55 coming up tomorrow to break down that Packer game. We got Corey Jenner, John, who's a columnist for Cheesehead TV. He's going to give us the inside scoop on the Packers as if we need it uh, to help us break down this game a little bit. Uh, and then, obviously, the um, uh, Bear truth with Danny Shimon breaking down the tape Thursday Greg Gabriel was already on. Mike North's going to be on. It's uh, Aldo, like Aldo said, Dan and Aldo are going to be having a great show tonight, right after this one, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. So, a lot of great programming here Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, science fiction, and beyond, entertainment, anything you want. We got it here at the Barroom Network. So, make sure you tune in.
0: You guys are great. Uh, thanks for doing this. We will uh, be back here next Tuesday talking about that Bears win.
1: <laughs> was that a slip?
0: No, I purposely said that to see your reaction. (laughs) And you looked at me like, this guy's nuts. (laughs) That wasn't in the script. (laughs) So uh, anyway, uh, join us back here in about 40 minutes. It'll be Dan Aguirre, myself, and Johnny Sanducci will join us later in the show. Uh, We're going to talk lots of Chicago Bears. we got really great stuff from uh, local media coverage, and so we'll be playing that and reacting to what some of the uh, radio stars in town are saying about the Chicago Bears. All right, everybody, thanks a lot, and we'll uh, see you next week.